So this morning, like Pastor Michael was teasing me again this morning, saying, because I was supposed to give a different message a week, two weeks ago. And when we met this past week, it was like the Lord, or the Lord already impressed to him that, okay, ask him. So he asked me, what am I going to talk about this Sunday? Oh yeah, Pastor Michael, it's going to be, you know, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't unexpected, but that's how the Lord does things, right? We think we know better, but the Lord knows best. And this morning, I get to, we get to dig into the book of Jude. Everybody know where book of Jude is? It's right at the end next to, it's sandwiched between the book of Revelation and 3 John. And that's, the reason this message is so close to my heart, it's the, it's what we face daily when we were, when we're in the Philippines. The church has to be reminded And that is what the book of Jude does. The book of Jude reminds us of who we are in Christ. It reminds us of the danger that's out there. Which is why the message is stop, look, and listen. And we'll get to that. And it begins, the first stop is who we are. If you'll open your Bible to the, to the chapter, it's only 25 verses, and yet it's full of exhortation, reminder, and really, I'm reminder. You saw that last slide, it was pressing on. It's a reminder for us to press on, even in these days that we have been experiencing the last year. Last year, we were in a class in the Philippines. We were going through the book of Isaiah, actually. And suddenly, oh, the whole county or the whole city of Silang is under quarantine. You can't go out. You can't do things. And stubborn as I am, I said, I don't believe anything of what's happening. But God reminded me that he's allowing this C-19. First, to remind the church, his body, to stand fast. Don't be afraid. Remember whose you are. Who do you belong to? The second is to remind a Christ-rejecting world that, hey, time is running out. And so the book of Jude begins with Jude. He identifies himself as a bondservant of Jesus Christ. In the Gospels, Jude is referred to as a brother, as a family member of Jesus Christ. In, in Matthew 13, 55, his brothers, his other brothers are mentioned. Another brother of Jude 
and a half-brother of the Lord is James. So we have two books written by family members of our Lord. Uh, Jude or Judas is a derivative from Judah, which is the Lord be praised. And what we have in Jude, there are three Judes in the New Testament. We have Jude, Thaddeus, Judas, Iscariot, and we have Jude, the half-brother of our Lord. And Jude identifies himself as a bondservant, not as a brother. He identifies James as his brother, but not the Lord. In those days, in the, during the time of the New Testament, being a bondservant had a higher position than being a brother. Because it is by choice. With a brother, hey, he's my brother. I have no choice, right? <laughs> but being a bondservant is saying, yeah, I choose to be your servant. I choose to serve you. And that is what love is. That is who God is. You know, it's, it's wonderful. So, verse 1 is Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Here you go. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. That is who we are. That is who we are. That we are called. We, you, we are not here because you chose to, but you were called by the Lord. In John 15, 16, we are told that you did not choose me. I chose you. And that is a reminder in these days that we have to be mindful who we serve, the songs, you know, praise the Lord, how the Lord just orchestrates his worship towards him so that we get to get everything that he has for us. So we are called, we are sanctified. Called means invited, divinely selected. God does not call us because of our ability or effort or our talent or character. Whom he calls, he keeps. It's a reflection of the past that God's faithfulness continues even to this day. God's sovereign call to salvation in his grace. We have heard that in the, in the Gospels, many are called but few are chosen. We are all called. But the chosen ones are the ones who raise their hands. and Say, yes, Lord, I want to serve. You know, we have fellow missionaries. We are missionaries. You are a missionary where you are. That is your calling. So we can't give the excuse. I don't know what my calling is. Look at that first line of... Jude, to those who are called, sanctified by God, 
the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. That's the first thing who we are. We are called. Not by accident, but it's God who chose us. Next is we're sanctified by God the Father. Sanctified meaning in, in the Greek, it's hagios. But to a simple mind like mine, it means to acknowledge. God is acknowledging that I am called. That because I am called, he sanctifies me because he wants to purify me. To conform you to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So the phrase, who are loved by God the Father, refers to the present. The spoken form of love, in other words, when you say, I love you, indicates that love God was manifested in the past, but continues in the present. You know, in, first, in the letters of John, you know, it, it was God who loved us first. We didn't love God on our own. We were enemies of God. So we have seen that theme continue from the time of the resurrection to the time of the ascension, even to this day. If, just look at the past year. People are trying to cover the face of God by, you know, uh, doing things that don't glorify him. And yes, I'm talking about the masking and all that. Yes, there are precautionary concerns that we have to take, take responsibility for. But at the same time, there is a spiritual battle as we confront a physical battle. They go hand in hand. And guess who's praying for us? It's Jesus, the intercessor, the great intercessor. So we are called, we are sanctified, then we are preserved. Preserved. There are two ways of preserving. One is, one is vinegar, salt. Several ways, actually. Salt, vinegar, sugar. And as saints, we are preserved in any one of those. So to be kept by Christ expresses the most positive assurance regarding the future. So today, we may be worried about this medicine or that medicine, but we have that assurance that we are kept in Jesus Christ. He's the one. It's not a doctor. It's not the government. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one who keeps us. He's the one who watches over us. He's the one who preserves us. In Galatians, Paul speaks of before faith came, we were kept under the law, under guard by the law, but we also were kept for the faith which would be revealed. And that was the day that you said, yes, Lord, I, I need 
I need what you have, which is the payment for my sins. Um, Edward Pentecost, a uh, Bible teacher, said that the calling is the active work of the Holy Spirit. The love, this is who we are, the love emanates from the Father. And the keeping is the work of the Son. So we have the Godhead at work in our lives every single day. Do you think the three, the nine years that we have been in the Philippines, we could easily, if we just said, ah, it's hard to get to these people. But the reminder, this message was given to me by the Lord when we were in the Philippines. He was reminding me that I am called, I am being sanctified, and I am being preserved. We are being preserved. It's the mission field, yes, it sometimes sounds exotic, exciting, but there, is, there are challenges. You've studied the book of Acts. We saw what Paul went through. We saw what the guys he was working with went through. And again, the Lord always reminds us. You look at the Bible, the Lord always says, it always writes it always speaks of, remember when you were in Egypt. Remember when you were in trouble. Who was it that reminded you? We always have to be reminded by the Lord that I got your back, son. I got your back, little daughter. And is it always easy to say, oh, yeah, I got it? No. But he still works in us. He works through us. And again, it goes back to that. Many are called, but few are chosen. You get chosen when you raise your hand. Right? Raise your hand. And guess what? I'm only in verse 2. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Michael. <laughs> Verse 2 says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Not added, but multiplied. Mercy proceeds, comes from his grace. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. We deserve punishment. But it is because of his mercy and his grace that we get to press on the following day. So peace is the result of experiencing the grace and mercy of God. Then love is the motivation for everything that God does. Do we pray for, Lord, I wish I had a, oh, on my wish list, I want a Porsche 911. Okay, <laughs> but that's my wish list. But the Lord knows that all I need is a 1987 Toyota pickup truck. <laughs> yes, Lord, you know better. And I'm not gonna. We we do have 
a tendency to complain, but it's good to complain to the Lord rather than anybody else. Lord, and we see that. We see examples in the Bible that says, you saw Samuel when the people rejected him and they asked for a king. What did the Lord tell him? Ah, Samuel, they didn't reject you. They're rejecting me. So that's a good reminder. You have some trouble, you have doubts, go to the Lord. Go to the Lord in prayer, just you and him. Lock that door. Go into your room. That's a teaching that the Lord gives to us. It's between you and the Lord. And yes, we have a fellowship of believers that builds us up. We can be ourselves with the Lord. You can be yourself with the Lord. You can't hide anything from him. So, like I said, that's only verse 2. And we have 23 more verses, real quickly. So, so that's the stop. Stop and rem- remember who you are in God. You are called, you are sanctified, and preserved in Jesus Christ. That's only the stop. The look begins in verse 3 up to verse 16. And the look is another way of saying, watch out, take heed, pay attention. Just like my wife doesn't like it when, I, when I'm driving and then I turn around to her and she tells me, look, look in front. And that's what this look is, beginning in verse 3. And I use this as a jump-off point where Jude says, Beloved, I was very diligent to write to you. I wanted to talk to you about our common salvation. But he says, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly. For the faith. To contend means to agonize earnestly. To to be for ourselves faithful in everything that God has called us. It's easy to look at others and say, you're wrong and I'm right. Well, how do I know that? Because I'm like that. I'm, I'm so smart that I can judge people. But that's not how the Lord wants us. He wants us to be, to contend, to agonize for others. And here, Jude is reminding us, that's the first look. Look, you have to contend earnestly to fight for what you believe the word of God is telling you. The second look is what? For certain men have crept in unnoticed. And that's where the contending comes in. Look out for these certain men have crept in unnoticed. We have churches who have 
allowed other non-biblical teachings to enter. And the warning, the, God, the epistles are mostly warnings. They're letters from Paul, from Jude, from James, from Peter. They're reminders. Hey, don't step away from what you have learned from the Lord, which is what Alex spoke of earlier in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. As we go out, the Lord says, teaching them everything that I have taught you. Not what Paul or not what Risti or not what Pastor Michael tells you, but what the Lord has given you in his word. And I can say that confidently because I know that Pastor Michael does teach what Jesus is teaching. He continues to teach us every single day. It's getting hard and hard. Only if you let it, if you trust in your own understanding, then we get to say, uh, I can't do that. Oh, but the Lord says, you can, you know. So that's the second look. Look out for men who have crept in unnoticed. What are the qualities of these men? It's right there. They were marked out for this condemnation. Unbelief. They're ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These are turning the grace of God into a reason to commit immorality. It was happening during the time of Jude, during the time of Peter, and it's happening even today. Oh, but, you know, God will understand if you do this or drink from here or go into a bar and, well, no. You're using God as an excuse. And that was happening during that time. It is still happening today. Which is why it goes back. Look out. Watch out. Pay attention. And of course, the key part there is who deny. Oh, there's no God. There's no God. That was a challenge that the early church had. Continues to have today. And it does take a watchman, a bell uh, ringer. It is to call attention, hey, there's danger. That is what the book of Jude does. Be careful of what you read. Make sure you study the word of God for yourself. Like my wife said, in the Philippines, pastors there, they'll go onto YouTube, go onto, um, what's that face? Oh, Facebook. I, I canceled my Facebook uh, account. So. But I, I say that to be reminded that we have to know what God really says for ourselves. We can't, we can't just keep saying, oh, but... 
pastor so-and-so said. No. It has to be, what does the word of God say? What does God say regarding this area? What does he talk about government? What does he talk about um, marriage? It goes back to, sorry, the Bible. It goes back to what God says. Which is why in verse 5, Jude continues, but I want to remind you. There you go. That's what I'm doing. I want to remind you, though you once knew this. Yeah, we go to Bible study. We, every, the, the men, the women, they go have Bible study. But you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people, we have to be mindful, be careful every single day. Be aware of your surroundings. And he uses examples. He saved a people out of the land of Egypt. What does he say? Afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. In other words, the Lord Jesus himself says that they're condemned because they do not, they do, they do not believe the Son of God, the Son of the Lord, you know? And then angels are also mentioned. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So in other words, the whole creation was affected by what happened in Genesis chapter 3. That is the danger when we say, when we entertain the enemy, when he says, did God really say uh, let me check. I don't have a Bible with me. Can I borrow your Bible? You know what? The enemy has a Bible. So I, you and I have to know what the Word of God says. We have to be mindful. It's like the students that we have, we tell them, how will the Lord bring back to your remembrance his word if you don't read you don't study his word and that is what we need to be reminded of remember here's the bible here's prayer like my wife said mentioned earlier prayer and the bible and who's in the middle that's you that's us. We have to make sure we are sandwiched by the word of God. And with the word of God, we get to know how to pray without ceasing. Another example he gives is Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 6, verse 7. Cities around them in similar manner of these, to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality have gone after strange flesh. In other words, they, they used what was meant as a beautiful gift from the Lord as a reason to defile the flesh. And we know that that's been the challenge the world has been facing today, even the church. Some churches will say, ah, oh, yeah, okay. 
You know, otherwise we're going to lose our... But what does the Word of God say? You have to... It is better to obey God rather than men. It, it, it is hard, but that's where the wisdom of God, the discernment of God comes in. From The discernment from God comes in for us. And he continues with examples. Verse 8, 9. Likewise, dreamers defile the flesh. They reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. He's speaking of the spiritual world, the, the angelic realm, which is why he uses Michael, the archangel, and he quotes from, uh, remember, the book of Jude was being addressed to a predominantly Jewish, Jewish Christians. So they have access to all of these other uh, oral stories, and which is why he mentions uh, Enoch. You know, later on, in which we have to be mindful to really know, Lord, what is it you're saying here? So he mentions Michael the archangel in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. A reminder, don't Fight the enemy on your own. Do what Jude reminds us. Put the Lord between you and the enemy. He's the one that has the power. In the book of Acts, we see that um, this Simon said, by the power of the Jesus that Paul and this guy preaches, be gone when he was trying to uh, uh, discard of a, uh, a, a demon. What does the demon say? Um, yeah, Paul I know. Jesus I know. Who are you? You know, which is why keep yourself. Remember, going back to verse one, keep yourself in the love of God. Don't try to take things on your own. Bring it to him in prayer. Bring it to him in prayer. Then he gives the example of, of how these behave. They're dreamers, you know. Uh, they defile the flesh. And he gives examples. If you study the book of Second Peter... The, he also writes a similar warning. Second Peter chapter 2 and 3. And here he gives example. Woe in verse 11. Woe to them who have gone the way of Cain. Why Cain? He tried to form his own style of worship. God required a sacrifice. What he did bring? No. He just let the ground bring things up. He, that was what he offered. And that was an example 
to those who Jude said, woe, they've gone the way of Cain. And then the other person that is mentioned have run greedily in the error of Balaam. You remember Balaam? He's the one who spoke to a donkey. The donkey answered. What was funny there? He replied back to the donkey. <laughs> and that's the error. He was, he was a prophet. He was a, he was a non-profit <laughs> organization. <laughs> he thought he was. But the, the other th- amazing thing with Balaam was he, uh, he asked God first. <laughs> But then his smartness came in. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is how you're going to cause the people to be cursed by God. Have them mix with the women of Moab. And even that is another example that God, what the enemy, that song that we just sang, what the enemy meant for evil, God is going to use that, you know. And of course, the rebellion of Korah, Korah was mentioned in, in, uh, in Genesis, you know, from in the Pentateuch, where he was rebellious. He didn't recognize the authority of Moses as coming from God. And we know that even Moses' brother and sister sort of complained about that too. But all that to say is these are what we have to be looking for. Be mindful of. You're not going to occupy yourself, but recognize the qualities of these people. And then ask the Lord, what should I do? First thing he's going to say, pray for them. And that's a good place to be in. And then he uses what these people People are like from verses 12, 12 to uh, 13. They are spots in your love feast. Oh, come join our koinonia. But they're actually not part of the family. While they feast with you without fear. They expect, oh, you're a Christian, so you're going to accept me for what I am. We've heard that song by the, the Osmonds, and I'm dating myself. One bad apple. <laughs> okay, there you go. We have to be mindful of those bad apples. Otherwise, we infect the whole lot. Yes? Show them love, but know where to exercise discernment and say, no, this is God's house, you know. You think God, the, the enemy is in bars or whatever places? No. They, they sneak in into churches. You know, if, if the enemy, he wants to delay They are clouds without water. They sound so smart, but
but they don't carry any weight. They're carried about by the wind. That's what an empty cloud, that's what happens to an empty cloud. Yeah. Um, autumn trees without fruit. It's, it's harvest time, but there's no fruit. Those are the, and, and the Lord tells us by their, Paul tells us by their fruit you will know them. The Lord tells us by their fruit you will know them. They're raging waves, foaming up their own shame. We saw the waves mentioned in the Gospels that they were moving the, sh the ship around. But when it's a foam, it doesn't move anything. And these are the qualities of the quote-unquote apostates, the, the ones who departed from the faith. Some say that it's exactly that, but it's also were they born again to, be, to begin with? Were they followers of Jesus Christ to begin with? Or... Is he just saying, I'm a believer only to get to this, this girl or to meet this guy? Or We devise reasons that often are not from the Lord. It's only when the Lord is in the middle of your situation, your concern, that you're going to know, oh yeah, it's an it's a God-appointed marriage. It's a God-appointed relationship. So that's the look. Stop, look. Now listen. Beginning in verse 17. I'm being mindful of the time. Verse 17 begins, But you, beloved... Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's that remember. Remember. Be reminded. Know what the word of God says. Verse 18. How they told you that there would be mockers. Paul talked about it. The Lord himself talked about it. Peter talks about it. There will be mockers in the last time who would walk to what? According to their own ungodly lusts. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what God says. No, don't go there. Don't even entertain that thought. Verse 19, these are sensual persons who cause what? Divisions. Not having the spirit. And that is a clue for us. When a person does not even acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. The second listen, verse 20. But you, okay. I'm not saying it. The Lord's saying it. But you. Beloved, what do you get to do? 
building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Open, open the word of God. That's how you build yourself up. You build yourself with the brick and mortar of scripture. And here's the other side. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes, a lot of times, we don't know what to pray for. How to pray. But the Lord is the one who's going to teach you. He's going to get to say, yeah, you pray for that person this way. And he gives you that prayer through his word. This is what you get to do for yourself. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, studying the word of God, praying. The third thing you get to do for yourself, keep yourselves in the love of God. Don't walk away from his love. Stay in his love. Keep yourselves. So if Jesus is keeping us safe, we have to keep ourselves in that position. You know, I've heard um, a pastor mention that he was dieting from donuts. And he decides to, okay, if the, there's no, he's driving and he gets to a, this area where he can't find a parking spot. And he says, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to forego eating donuts. But he was kept looking and looking for a parking spot. That's not keeping yourself in his care. You're making yourself take care of yourself. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Your destination is secure in Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, if you believe that he, the gospel, I use the word ICR. The gospel is the incarnation. He came as one of us. He was crucified. And he was he resurrected. Those are the three things a person who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is important to recognize. Does it end with us? No. It says in verse 22, on some have compassion on those who choose not to believe in Jesus Christ, who use the church, have compassion, making a distinction, counsel them, talk to them. Others say with fear, if they haven't, if they haven't heard the gospel, give them the gospel, give them the truth of the gospel. And don't even entertain don't be a part of what they're doing. Just say, the Lord, that, that's not biblical. That's not what the Lord wants. Instead, stand firm. When I started, I said, stand firm 
in who you are in the Lord. So these three things, build yourself up, keep yourselves in the love of God. You have a blessed hope, and that is Jesus Christ. And be a part of his work. Yes, even the enemies, our enemies, will know Jesus Christ by how we respond to them. We don't participate with what they're doing, but you show them who Jesus Christ is by our actions. And lastly, verse 24 and 25, we don't do this by ourselves. It is to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless or faultless before the presence of his glory to our God, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And that is Jude's closing. And I wanted to add real quickly. I have two minutes. <laughs> Mindful. Second Peter 3, verses 17 and 18. And this is my closing. Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position. But grow, church of living truth, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So, let me just close in prayer and just commit this message in your hearts. So Father, we, I am grateful that you've used me and You've used me in such a way that you've used us, your church. We are your body, and thank you. And I pray for those who have yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, that you would use them. You would use this time to uh, just bring the reality of the gospel in their hearts. And for those who have wavered, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and allow them to return back to you. So thank you for your faithfulness that you've used this time to, be, to remind us of who we are in you. Thank you, Father, for this morning. I ask that you bless each one of these here with your goodness and graciousness for the coming week. And this we ask, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if there are any one, any of you who desire prayers, you know, we'll be up here. Uh, want to go back to the Lord. It's the first time you've been to uh, a church. Uh, 
we're here to uh, answer any questions you may have. And uh, the Lord be magnified in your lives this week, Church of Living Truth. Be glorified. Let God be glorified at your expense. That's a good place to be. Amen. Thank you.